Hello, this is Johnny. And this is Trevor. From the Retro Bliss Podcast. The podcast about retro video games. <sighs> What's wrong, Johnny? Trevor, I'm so bored. Hey, I got a fix for that. What's that? Check out some awesome podcasts. I love podcasts, but if only I knew where I could find some. Oh, it's easy. BICBP-radio.com What's that? BICBP-radio.com One more time? That's the Back Issues Comic Book Podcast Network, where you can check out the Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, uh-huh. Retro Bliss, Ooh. History Creeps, uh. Cellar Dwellers, mm. You Break It, You Pot It, <laughs> and more to come. Oh, I like that. That's my favorite one, the more to come one. I'm just mean there's more coming soon. Oh, oh, but Trevor, is Retro Bliss on there? I already said it is. Well, then I gotta go to this website now. Yeah. And welcome to a brand new episode of History Creeps, one week after uh, the spooky time. But we're back to the regular schedule here. We're going to bring you a brand new episode. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and joined joined me, joining me, I'm, I'm a professional podcaster. And joining me right now is the Everman's Tim Allen of horror, Carter Johnson. Hi, everybody, and thanks for that, man. Like You're that. welcome. That's a good I one. Loved, I loved Home Improvement. I hope you did. Right? Too. Yeah. <laughs> and also joining us, as always, this guy, you, you can't take him home to your mama, and he's the bad boy of HC. It's Chris Chavez. <laughs> the bad boy. I was waiting for Carter <laughs> to go, oh, 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 oh. That's what he would. <laughs> take, him, take him home to your mama. That's awesome. That's <laughs> a good one. Amazing. <laughs> I just watched. I just. I just watched a couple of Halloween this past Halloween. I saw a couple of uh, Home Improvement Halloween episodes. Speaking of Tim the Toolman Taylor, those were always pretty good. They man. were they were fun. That, that was one of the shows that I would watch with my dad growing up. So I have like a special place for that show. Nice. I still say the best Halloweens were like the Roseanne ones, man. Those were those were because she always went all out. Oh yeah, they were great. I like the oh, Roseanne yeah, sure. ones. I'm always I've always loved John Goodman, so a good Roseanne's good with me. Nice. You read? Yeah, he's re- ne- oh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna it, say you rarely Chase see. Taking me back. You rarely see John Goodman do a bad role. No, he's good. But you never, you never see him get that dry anymore. You know, he, he was his humor was so dry on Roseanne. That was like one of the things that made it so funny. Mm-hmm. Well, he was only, he's the only reason to watch that uh, newest. Well, it's not really a Cloverfield, but that movie. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. I know Carter hates that movie, but John Goodman's uh, amazing. He no, he is amazing. I just don't like the title. Yeah, the last well, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on both of those accounts. I but, haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I'll have to check it out. Honestly, the movie itself. I mean, this is a this is the History of Creeps reviews a movie from a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first, the the whole. What, I'd say like I don't know how long the movie is, but other than the last About an hour and a half, it's a really good movie. Honestly, it's a very good thriller type of film. And John Goodman's really creepy good in it. And then the last 10 minutes, it just totally changes what it is. And it's just to make it fit the Cloverfield thing. And it, it, does, it, 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 yeah. it does not fit the Cloverfield thing. So it, I'm, saying that, I'm saying that's what they're trying to do. But it changes at the end. The end changes completely. Like the, the storyline changes. changes. Yeah, it changes the tone of the film. It just goes, 
it's like they're driving and they're slowly, slightly turning, uh, like towards like a, at a seventy degree angle. And all of a sudden, they just decide they're going to go completely ninety degrees the other way, and then flip and the car. Flip yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. Car goes rolling yeah, down the highway. Yeah, exactly. Literally yeah. flipping the car because it's <laughs> not the monster from Cloverfield. Interesting. No. Interesting. I'm gonna have to check it out. I recommend the first hour and twenty minutes of it, <laughs> and then turn it off. <laughs> yeah. And the entire first film. Awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. The first film's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're back for another week of History Creeps, guys, and uh, I believe this week we we're a- going to start something new. Yeah, we have a new feature for you guys this week. We do. Johnny, what, what, is, we what did you say? You call, what were you going to call this 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 segment? We we're going to break up the show into segments, basically, and uh, we'll open up with a news segment where we can talk about you know maybe things that uh, are in reference to stories we've already done or some new creepy stories that we see in the news, and then uh, we'll go into our main story, main topic, and then the last part of the show is just our reactions to it, our conversation, and then uh, we do our promos. Word sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to call we're going to call this current creeps so it's a current events uh, you know the current uh, history creeps is all about the creepy side of history but the thing about history is that it's always happening exactly it's current at one point that's right so that's what we're going to do here i think uh chris you want to go first with whatever you brought to the table here yeah sure i found a story uh out of wales uh in england and it's a it's a little town ta- i don't know if it's a town or a hamlet or what, whatever they call them over there but it's a place called ruthen um, and there's a mental asylum out there. It's called the Pool Park Asylum in Ruthen, North Wales. Uh, actually, wait, North Wales isn't that? Um, now I'm see. Now I don't know exact. I don't know where I'm at. Where's North Wales, guys? <laughs> I you were going Is to say that America. Australia? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I know, I know, um, we have a we have a, a listener that listens to us out in Australia. Um, and I always feel like he's from North Wales. So now, now I'm now I don't know where I'm talking about. I knew. Okay, let's just say it's in North Wales. Okay, <laughs> that's not. That's not. Let's just, yeah, let's just say that. And we'll just leave it that segment is off to a great start. <laughs> Our cre- yeah, current creeps are already kicking off. Great. Um, no, okay. So in Wales, in North Wales, there's a place called Pool Park Asyl- Asylum, and um, apparently there was a, an, a paranormal investigator that was going through there, checking out the uh, the place, doing his videos and, and eating. I'm sorry, inter- I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris, but I googled North Wales. <laughs> And this is what it tells Uh-oh. me first thing. North Wales is the northernmost unofficial region of Wales. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that, so I'm, glad I could, I'm glad I could help you. There we go. <laughs> um, so no. So anyway, this guy, he's a, he's a paranormal investigator. And he decides, I guess he's out there investigating the mental asylum. And he ends up getting video footage of what he says is a shadow man dashing past him. Uh, so I'll read the little news article that I, I found. It says... <clears throat> Does this chilling footage show ghosts caught on camera at an abandoned mental asylum in Wales? The video, taken by paranormal investigator Mark Vernon earlier this year, shows what he calls a shadow man dash past the camera before a mist rushes towards him from the upstairs landing at the haunted pool park in Ruthen, Debenshire. I guess that's another part of, uh, of Wales. Mark from Wakefield, West Yorkshire, said... We travel around the country helping people who suffer from paranormal problems, and I also look for interesting locations to go and investigate. When I saw pictures of Pool Park, I saw it was right in the middle of nowhere. It looked lost and forlorn, an excellent location. It was all boarded up, and there was a mist around. Mark set up his cameras to film at the location for 10 hours. The first clip caught on film shows what he called a shadow man rushing past the camera at the former psychiatric hospital. 
which at the time was referred to as a mental asylum. The light in the background is a motion detector camera used to help capture images of the ghost. He said the man was difficult to catch clearly on film because it's a different frequency to humans. Um, let's see what else. He said shadow men can take different forms. They can appear however they want. If they know the cameras are there, then they will come out. Ghost hunters think they recorded the voice of a young girl at a Welsh castle. He says he claimed that on the visit they took place that took place in March, he found quite a few other spirits, including a little girl he kept hearing speak. He said she was saying, quote, there's a bad man over there. Whether it was the shadow man, I'm not sure, but she didn't show herself. So I watched the video. You guys can look it up. If you if you put in Pool Park Asylum, uh, Wales Mental Health, you know, Mental Asylum, Ghost, uh, you'll find videos that show what he's talking about. And it is, it's one of those videos where it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain why this little ball of mist comes down the stair, you know, down the stairs out of nowhere. And it doesn't look like dust and it doesn't look like a, a flash of light it's just one of these weird things where you're just kind of like huh it was too fast it's it's you know what i mean but huh huh, huh. it is interesting yeah huh. so mental asylum out in wales has got some some ghosts apparently and apparently of the little girl too i'd like to hear the evp i didn't hear that um but it sounds it sounds creepy well well, I guess I can go next if that's cool with uh, Carter over there. And even if it's not, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> well, fine then. Be that way. <laughs> uh, mine kind of goes with what I'm going to talk about later about our actual subject of this episode. But, Ooh. you know, they say that at any given moment, there's more than one serial killer that's active in the yeah. United States. There's Ooh. always at least one. Here we go. Uh, this is very recent, as in this is happening now. Today, there's an update today. Uh, this woman named uh, Kayla, I think it's Kayla, it's K-A-L-A, Brown and her boyfriend, Charlie Carver, uh-huh. they went missing They went missing back in August. Nobody could find them. They didn't know where they were. Uh, they got a, The police got like a ping or something from her cell phone uh, recently. This is in Spartanburg, South Carolina. That's not too far from me. It's probably even closer to Carter. And uh, so they went to go check it out. While they're there on this property... They hear some clanging, and they go to check it out, and it's this girl, and it's Kayla Brown tied up to like a, some sort of thing, some metal thing back there. She's tied up. She's chained up. They said like a dog was the quote. She was chained up like a dog. I saw this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they they rescue her, and they go ahead, and they uh, arrest the guy who owns the land. His name's Todd. I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong. Collip or something like that. We'll uh-huh. come back to him here in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, So they so – they, uh, they rescue her. He had actually been feeding her, so she wasn't like she was malnourished or anything. But it was obvious that some stuff had happened to her. Oh. Uh, she uh, she said that she witnessed uh, the that Todd guy shoot Charlie Carver, which was her boyfriend, right in front of her. Oh, that's and, awesome! And that she felt there was at least four other bodies there on that land. Oh my god! Look for it. All right, so they take the guy into custody. Right while he's there, he confesses to four murders. And there are four murders of uh, these four people who worked at this, uh, it was like a motorcycle shop. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he just walked in there. This is your, This is like in the early 2000s. He just walked in there and just shot them all. He, he didn't really steal anything. He just shot and killed them all and left. And uh, so he confessed to those murders. And the police did find a body there. And it turned out to be of Charlie Carver. It was buried there on that land there, too. Jeez. They're saying there could be even more people that he might be responsible for. There are like six or seven uh, women who who've went missing between this time span of him living in this area, and that they're not saying that he's responsible for them, but he's being looked at as a suspect for those. Oh man, we're gonna have to come back to this story. 
Yeah, yeah no but, kidding. But this guy, like he's been he's been trouble this whole time. When he was fifteen in nineteen eighty six, he apparently kidnapped a fourteen year old girl at gunpoint and then uh, sexually abused her. <laughs> so he was, he was sent to prison for that and trialed as an adult in Arizona at fifteen years old for it. He gets out in November of two thousand and one and he moves to South Carolina. Uh, he becomes <laughs> he becomes a real estate broker. And actually, at the time of all this happening now, he actually owns a real estate firm in Spartanburg County and actually has a lot of people who work for him. What? Jeez. Could you imagine coming into office Monday? <laughs> this is all happening this week. And you come into office Monday hearing about what the You're- guy who owns the company you work for did. <laughs> and then, like, Man. what's the deal there now? Who you, Do you not have a job anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to work for him. I know that. I much. wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. But yeah, so she's lucky to be alive, obviously. Uh, but man, it, this story is just is just it's you know it's still ongoing now. I'm sure we'll find out even more as the weeks go on. Yeah, this is something to keep tabs on for for this show for sure. This is. But we can crazy. do a whole show on this once the whole thing comes out. Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely crazy. Wow. That's that's not the kind of crap you want to think about. I did see. I saw that. I yeah. saw that they had found this girl that had been missing, and it turned out she had been chained up like a dog. Uh, yep, and I read yep. a little bit more on it, but I hadn't gotten uh, too in depth. So that th- yeah, this is wild. Yeah. So he's obviously he confessed to those four murders. That's not counting the Charlie Charlie Carver who they found dead on in his uh, in a shallow grave. They said somewhere on his land. So it's at least five murders he's responsible for. Wow. Wow. That's, and there's probably going to be more than that. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure we'll hear more in the future here. Did you uh, did you want to do another one too, or, or are we just going to hand it over to Carter? I can go ahead and break this other one up real quick. It's really short. Okay, uh, you guys have probably heard about this, Max Spears. No, actually, I haven't. I was just kidding. No, I haven't heard about this one. Oh, well, way to go, Chris! You're a great actor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he was a British uh, ufologist, and uh, like in, in the middle of October. Uh, he was found dead, and he was only 39 years old. But what makes this really odd is that he had told his mom in a text message, like oh. really right before they found him dead, that if uh, anything, this is what his text message reads, and I'm quoting it: "If anything happens to me, investigate." I do know what you're talking about. Okay, so they did that, yeah, right? And I have heard about. I didn't know the guy's name, but I have heard about. Yeah, authorities said that it that he died <laughs> of natural causes, but like they never did any thing to his body afterwards uh the, and the british officials are not going to investigate it um he was found dead in poland where he died he was actually uh he was actually there with some girl he just recently met he was he was in her apartment or something like that yeah and they found him on the couch uh his friends claimed that he was actually this is where it gets into very much x-files territory for me uh, this is what his friends claim they claimed that he was vomiting black liquid and it was having terrible migraines right before he died Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Man. You guys remember that show, like where the, the black the, the the black oil man? Yeah, we're getting their eyes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's insane. Dude. Yeah, wow. So so that's we, scary, so dude. the story I I do remember reading about it, but I don't remember anything new about it coming out. Like so, she got the t- and that's about that's it. She just talks about the text, no no autopsy, and that from what just, I've I've understood, I did a little research on this. Uh. There's probably more out there, but his mom's really pushing for more of an investigation because I mean, if 
if your son or somebody, your loved one had sent you a text like that, you would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, like she's getting almost zero help from any authorities or anything like that. Cause Which as far as they're concerned, it's an open and shut case. He had natural causes. He just passed away. Wait, like that, natural so. causes, black stuff coming out of your face isn't a natural cause, is it? I've never heard of nope. that. Well, they're claiming it was like some sort of, and, and it, and it can't happen. Like a young, I mean, he was only 39. That's relatively young. Uh huh. But you know, you a thirty-nine-year-old can't technically die of natural causes, but it's just—it's really rare. And he looked like apparently he was in really good shape. Uh, he was always like running and doing things like that. He didn't look very overweight at all from the pictures I've seen. And so I don't—I don't know. It's just—it's just, it's just weird. This it's sounds, weird. This situation. sounds like another one that we should really look into as a topic of the show: the mysterious death of what was his name? Matt Matt Spear, Mark Spear, Mac Max Spears, Max yeah. Spears. Dude, that's good. Yeah. There's a, there's actually been a lot of uh, people who are ufologists or sort of in that field who have met kind of weird ends. Mm-hmm. So he's just another one, really. Wow. Oh, wow. Speaking of ufology, what's going on, Carter? I know you've got something that uh, you want to tell us about. Well, and this one's actually from uh, my city. Uh-oh. Uh, it's relatively recent. It's the 21st of October. All right. Um, apparently... Uh, over one of the hotels downtown, I'm sorry, we're supposed to call it uptown now because downtown has negative connotations. Uh-oh. Wait, does it really? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they say now in Charlotte. They don't want you to call it downtown. No, they're going to change that song and everything. Bad. Yeah, well, you know what? I always called it downtown as a kid because it was shitty when I was young. So. <laughs> She's talking about Charlotte, North Carolina, by the way. <laughs> Don't sure. don't tell them that. Honestly, I love that city. I've been there many times, but I don't live there, so it's easy for me to say this. <laughs> well, whatever the hell part of town you want to call it, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was there's a hotel there called the Meridian, and there was a there was a UFO hovering over it uh, on the 15th of October. Nice. And I can, there's not really much like in the article. Uh, it's just a little itty bitty blurb and then there's the video you know so i'll try and uh and kind of recount this video do you have the, do you uh, have the blurb pulled you, up the, do i have the blurb pulled up yeah yeah um let's see here blurb it up <laughs> it was a ufo flying over the meridian hotel uh the guy that took the video his name is chris holbert and he posted the footage to youtube of course um, and you can see lights blinking in the sky over this hotel, and then they sort of form into a triangle almost, like a, like a triangular-shaped UFO, and then they go into a circular pattern. And it's pretty obvious that they're not stars, because, you, you, number one, you can't really see much else in the sky besides this. Oh. So... There's not a whole lot of information about it, unfortunately. I'm the guy coming in with the little blurb one, you know, at the end. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's all good, though. But like UFO things are always fun. They, it's it, I don't think there's a day that goes by where somebody hasn't reported seeing something weird in the sky. Um, so what do you think? Looking at the footage, does it look to you like it could be something? Yeah, it definitely doesn't look like an airplane. Yeah, I was going to say. Not stars. Yeah. I was going to say, just so everybody knows, Charlotte does have a. It's probably not a huge airport, but it's a decent oh, size. Oh, it's a. Airport. It's an international airport. Yeah, it goes everywhere, so it's and a decent. Yeah, it's 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 a big. Now it's a big deal. 
didn't used to be, but it is now. So, and you, you know, the flight paths go all over the city. So you're no matter where you live here, you're gonna have fly, planes flying over your house at some point. Nice. But no, nah, this does not look like an airplane to me. Be interesting to see if if any research uh, pulls up like your local papers, a, a, a small article of people calling in and reporting it. I want to say there may have been a uh, small article in the paper, but our paper tends not to. They tend to downplay stuff like this. So part of the, we got more, we got more important things in Charlotte to worry about, like where we can go to the bathroom. It's part of the exactly. cover up. It's part of the cover up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think I'm going to use the X Files theme song for this segment when we when we introduce it because it just feels like that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, nice, we're going to use uh, from like files. a 20 year old show for our current events. <laughs> that's right. You know it. <laughs> well, I guess it did come back really earlier this year. So it sure did. And it was good too. Yeah, it wasn't I, bad. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Pretty pretty interesting. Alrighty, so you guys want to move on to today's topic? Today's yeah. So story. what do we got? Uh, what do we got going on for today? Ooh. Well, guys, we got a uh, a major one. It's when it comes to serial killers, you got some of the major hitters. I mean, you got your. Uh, I mean, uh, I can't believe I'm, the Green River Killer was a big one. Uh, you got Bundy. You got um, Gacy. Gacy. Yeah. I was going. I was, was going to call him the clown, but you know who I meant. <laughs> <laughs> the clown. Uh, Jack the Ripper. I mean, you got throughout our history, there's been all kinds of them. And another major one was the Zodiac Killer. Was Son of Sam considered a uh, 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 serial? How many did he I think, kill? I, I think he was. Okay. Wasn't he? Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a serial. So I feel like he was. Zodiac, though. Yeah. This guy. The Zodiac is, is, when it comes to serial killers, to me, he's one of the more... I hate to use the word fascinating because I don't want to like put make these guys seem like they're great because they're not. <laughs> Romanticize it. Yeah, but you know, as the, he's the more interesting to me, I guess would be the better word to put uh-huh. put it, just because of what all he would do, and we'll get into it. I'm sure at least you've at least heard of the Zodiac Killer at the very least. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a major film that came out not that long ago too. Yeah, it was thought, a David Fincher movie. Yeah, it was actually pretty good, even though a lot yeah, of yeah, it stuff, was. Even though a lot of stuff is in it wasn't exactly correct, but that's you know it's Hollywood. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, you you ready to go back in time? Let's do it. Let's go back in time. You ready to go back to December twentieth, nineteen sixty eight? Oh, hang man. on, let me get my DeLorean up to eighty eight miles an hour. This is coming. Right, this Let's is do it. coming close to the summer of love. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, at the end of the sixties, a lot of major things happened, including the Zodiac Killer stuff. You also had uh, when was the um, the Manson stuff. That was around that time, wasn't it? That was around that time, yeah, it sure was. Yeah. Vietnam War yeah. was beginning was continuing to rage on. Yeah, and you also had all the uh, the Jonestown massacre was near this time. So all this stuff was happening. But December twentieth, nineteen sixty eight, guys, it's around like eleven fifteen PM. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking really near uh, it's near um San Francisco over in California. Mm-hmm. David uh, Faraday, he was seventeen and Betty Lou Jensen, who was 16, were they were out. They were on their first date. This was her first date. Her parents had never let her date before. This is the first time we're letting her out. It was around 11.15 p.m. Uh, out of nowhere, this car uh, pulls up. This guy gets out, and he shoots David once in the head at point-blank range, uh-huh. and he died really soon after that. Uh, Betty is shot five times in the back, and she dies 
instantly. Uh, he uses a 22 caliber semi-auto semi, uh, pistol. But what was even more odd and strange was there was no robbery or any uh, sign of sexual crimes committed at all. There were no witnesses, but a lot of vehicles were seen in the area prior. It's kind of a secluded area, sort of. Mm -hmm. So people remember seeing some cars and stuff. And the reason that Betty was shot in the back uh, was she actually tried to run, but obviously she didn't make it. But I thought what was even more sad was that was her first date. Her parents had finally let her out on a date, and this happens to her. Didn't I read? I think I read that they were at a like a lover's lane type of an area too. Yes. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's her like. first date, and then he's taking her to lover's lane. That's just horrible. And then, yeah. and then, like you said, it's just such a tragic. It's tragic that your first date. Well, they were both young. I mean, he was seventeen, she was sixteen. God. Okay, so then the police have no leads on this crime for a year. So this is goes. This becomes a cold case. Mm -hmm. All right, let's fast forward. Guys, you love Independence Day, don't you? Not the, well, the movie, but also the actual day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. July, yes, July 4th, 1969. Fireworks. Fireworks are going on. Uh, it's 1210 a.m. Darlene Farron, she was 22, and I want to pronounce this guy's last name wrong, and Mike Magia or something like that. Oh, Maggio. Maggio, yeah, I know. Maggio, thank you. He was 19. Uh, they were on the outskirts of Vallejo, California. Uh, Darlene was, she was actually married at the time and not to Mike. <laughs> so the, her situation was a little weird, but mm -hmm. we'll get back to that here in a second. Mm -hmm. They, they had parked their car because she wanted to have a talk with Mike. And apparently, uh, I've seen, uh, there's a lot of really good, uh, interviews and stuff of people you can find on, on the, uh, YouTubes. Uh -huh. I use that. I plural that for fun. The YouTubes. <laughs> the YouTubes. And, just all kinds of stuff on this one. He, uh, apparently they were really sweet on each other, I guess the best way to put it, but she was married. So they were trying to be sneaky about oh, it. Oh, wow. They parked their car so they could talk uh, at another kind of secluded area. When a car parks near them, a man gets out. This is remember, this is 12, 10 AM. Mm -hmm. A man gets out and he has a flashlight. So Mike, so they're, so they're thinking that, you know, maybe it's a police officer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that happens all the time. Cops will stop by and they'll see a car that's kind of just sitting there. And they'll come check on the car. It happens all the time. It's late at night with a flashlight. Uh, he, but apparently when he got close, he just started shooting without warning. They had zero warning at all. He shot five shots. And he walks and he starts to walk away. And then apparently before he can get back into his vehicle, Mike is in so much pain that he screams out because he's not dead. And the guy comes back and shoots them both twice. Uh. Right. Darlene does not survive. She dies, but Mike actually lives. Mm -hmm. So that's how we know all this happened because he actually survived the attack. And then 45 minutes later, the police department for Vallejo get a call from a man claiming that he had just killed two kids. And then he claimed that he killed two kids a year ago. Speaking of David and Betty that I mentioned earlier. Wow. Okay. So that's how they knew it was connected. Yeah. Cause he said okay. it was. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is where it gets even uh, more crazy and wild. All right, let's go to the end of the month, guys. It's July 31st, 1969. The major newspapers in that area, I'm talking the San Francisco Examiner, the Chronicle, and the Vallejo Times Herald, start getting letters from someone saying they're the killer, the, that killer who killed them. 
each letter contains like some sort of encoded message in it and there's little ciphers there too and the letters are signed with a circle and across through the circle mm. okay that's going to come back <laughs> there was a watch at the time i don't know if they're still around or not because i don't wear watches we have cell phones but there was a watch back then called the zodiac it was a zodiac brand was the name of the brand was zodiac and that was their symbol was a circle with a cross through it yeah okay august 4th oh, i didn't know that yeah, yeah, that's that's going to come back when we talk about suspects. By the oh, way, oh yeah. All right, August fourth, nineteen sixty nine. One of the letters that he sends, he calls himself the Zodiac, and then it's the famous quote. It says, "This is the Zodiac speaking when he's writing these things." Yeah, in a letter to the San Francisco Examiner, that's when he's officially coined the Zodiac. Is when he does that. I wonder if anyone ever thought to themselves, you know what? Maybe this isn't his handwriting. Maybe the Zodiac has a secretary. And that would be weird. He, we'll get to the letters in a second. I actually, have dictating. a little thing. Yeah, he's dictating. This is the zodiac. I didn't speaking. know that he. I didn't know that he named himself. I thought the papers picked up on his symbol. Oh no! And started calling him the Zodiac Killer. No, no. He. The more you hear about this guy, the more. Man, it's just he's obviously he wants attention and he really enjoys it. So it's it's yeah. He, he's. I mean, there's one of the letters, and this is <laughs> spoiler alert because this is on up ahead. One of the letters he sends, he goes. uh it would make me feel great. I'm paraphrasing. It would make me uh, bring me a, a great bit of pleasure if people would start wearing Zodiac buttons. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then nobody would wear it. So he sent another letter being very upset that nobody was doing so. <laughs> <laughs> and claimed that he killed somebody for it, by the way. But they could never connect that. Anyway, oh, God. Uh, so now August 8th, 1969, uh, Donald and Betty Hardin actually cracked one of the codes of the letters that he had sent. Cause I know I told you he had sent in code. He had put some sort of weird codes and messages on them. Mm-hmm. And I, this was, as far as I could remember, Chris, I don't know if you know this or not, but that was one of the only letters that was ever cracked. The, the code was ever cracked. Yep. No one's ever cracked any of the other ones. Or I think there's one where he actually says, my name is whatever. Like he's, they're assuming he's saying what his name is or he's giving his identity and they still haven't cracked it. Right. And that letter just pretty much boils down to him saying the Zodiac saying that he enjoys killing. It's it's fun for him, that kind of deal. And he's do, I, I think it's something along the lines of when he dies, he's going to be in paradise and all the people he's murdered are going to be his slaves. So he's collecting, yeah, it's, he's it's collecting slaves. Yeah. It's really messed up. Uh, okay, you so, know, that's a cop thing. To what? have slaves? Well, it's... It's one of the things that they bring up in Training Day. I don't know if you guys, the last time you watched Training Day was. Oh, man, it's been a long time. So it's one of those things where you're not, you hear it and you're not 100% sure if, if cops, you know, if, if dickhead cops, I don't want to paint every cop as a bad guy, but if crooked, corrupt cops like the cops you're watching in Training Day actually have this, but apparently, according to them in the movie, when you kill somebody on duty, they have to be your slave in the afterlife. I wonder if they're referencing the Zodiac Killer. You know what I mean? I, like want, I wonder if that, because it was in Los Angeles, training day was. So. Yeah. Oh. I Maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, because one of my things during researching a lot of the Zodiac stuff was, is I found how Zodiac uh, and the Zodiac Killer has permeated itself through popular culture. And I'm, I'm assuming that might have to be one of them, like a reference to the Zodiac. Because at the end of this show, there was a couple things I was going to bring up about that. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, cool. yeah. We'll yeah. put that put that on hold. We'll hold yeah. that up, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Stick a pin in that one. I was just yeah. going to say stick a pin in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, let's fast forward to September 27th, 
1969. This is the next known attack. It's 6.30 p.m. around that time at uh, Lake Berryessa. Uh, Cecilia Shepard, she was 22, and Brian Hartnell was 20. They were there having uh, – they were there on the – like it's a really beautiful area. It's a nice lake and stuff, and there were just a couple there you know, just enjoying each other's company. While they're there having a picnic or something, uh, Cecilia says, hey, there's a guy over there just looking at us. Hmm. And Brian looks over at it and doesn't think anything of it. And the next thing they know, that guy's gone. He just disappears. But then, like, minutes later, she goes, oh, no, he's back, and he's got a knife. And the guy had gone, and he had behind a tree, apparently, and it changed into a costume. There's actually a very infamous uh, picture you can you can find online. It's like a bag, almost, with a symbol on it. Hmm. On his head, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they said it was yes. a, a black executioner's mask. Yeah, with the glasses over it, even. Oh, yeah. He wore glasses and everything. It was, it's really weird looking. But anyway, he comes over there and he tells them not to panic. And he's like, uh, this, he goes, nobody's going to get hurt. He claims that he's like a, uh, he had just broken out of prison. He was trying to run to Mexico and that uh, he just wanted money. He just was just going to rob them and let them go. So they're having like, I guess it's a normal conversation that you can have with somebody at this point <laughs> during this. And uh, apparently from the sounds of it, Brian thinks that they're going to be okay. They're just going to give him money. I mean, he offered him all his money pretty much. And But then all of a sudden this guy says, well, I'm going to need you to tie each other up. Hmm. So she, so that he makes Cecilia tie Brian up, but he, apparently she didn't do a good enough job. Then he comes back and makes it even tighter and then ties her up and then just starts stabbing them both. Oh. And then he takes off, and apparently, you know, uh, well, Cecilia did not make it. She she died, but Brian lived, and he's actually, I think he's still alive today. He's in a lot of interviews if you look him up now. Oh, wow. And uh, he said that he, they were laying there for a while, and she was still alive for a little bit, and boats would pass by because they're on the lake. And he said boats would pass by, and he would try to wave them down as best he could, being stabbed so many times, and they would just keep going. And he said one boat stops, turns off his motor because he doesn't know if he hears what he's hearing. And he hears them scream and says, sister, for what seems like hours and then takes off. And he thought, oh, no, we're goners. But what had actually happened was that boater actually went up to the ranger station and told the ranger station some people needed help. Wow. So that's when the uh, the police arrived. They actually found one of there on Brian's car. You can there's pictures of this, too, on the door of his on the fr- on his door of the car. It was written Vallejo 12, 2068. 7469. Those are both two two dates, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and September 27th, 6:30 by knife. Yep. And then the zodiac symbol was under that. So Crazy. leaving his calling card after that, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. And then if that wasn't enough, an hour later, the Napa police get a call from someone saying that he had killed people there. Hmm. And when they try to trace that phone call back, it just went to a, an empty phone booth. Nobody was there anymore. But the guy survived. Yeah, the man survived. He lived. There's actually uh, – you can go on YouTube and there's footage of the news interviewing him in the hospital room after the attack. Um, actually, we could just play it right here. If I remember right, uh, in speaking with one of the deputies uh, who was investigating this thing, he said that the first thing you told a deputy uh, out there was to give some idea of a description of the man. Do you understand now how your mind was able to work that well – under those conditions, you really did an exceptional job in that. Well, to the whole thing, like I mentioned before, I, at the beginning, I did think I was going to die. And so 
from that moment on, one has to have certain goals that you have to set. The first goal, of course, was to live. Uh, I suppose the second goal was to uh, get untied. Uh, the next one was to get help. From getting help, uh, getting to the hospital. You know, you have to have a, a successful yes. set of goals. And if you can keep this going, and you can keep your mind active, you, I don't, uh, whether you die or not, you're at least psychologically uh, attuned, whether mm -hmm. uh, you're in shock or not. If you can keep arguing with yourself, uh, praying, uh, uh, doing, doing anything to keep your mind off of yourself, or at least just not lapsing back and just saying, well, it's no use. Pretty crazy to hear the first, uh, like a first-hand account of, of what had happened. Um, and yeah, you said he's still alive today. I don't know if he's still alive today, but I've seen like documentaries that are not that old, and he's in them. Because do you think it freaks him out when he's on the news at that age, right there, talking to the news reporters, uh, to know like the killer's still out there and knows now his job didn't wasn't done? Like, did you think? Do you think he was always looking over his back? Was he? Do you know what I mean? Did he move? Did he? You have, there's no way you're the same person after this. No. No. There's no, no. way. And he watched his girlfriend die. We're used to, not only were you stabbed so many times, but the person you were with was killed right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And in a brutal manner. It wasn't just, a, I mean, gunshots bad enough, don't get me wrong, but it seems even more personal with a knife. Uh, so, oh man, it's terrible. All, all right, right, so October 11th, let's fast forward a little bit. 1969, it's 10 p.m. And now we're in the big city of San Francisco, guys. Uh, there's a this guy, this cab driver named Paul Stein, he's 29 years old, picks up a, a fare. And he drives up to this intersection, and then all of a sudden, the guy that was in the backseat that he had picked up shoots him in the head, oh. and he's killed. And the guy gets out, and he uh, he's doing something over the body, which we'll find out what it is later. And this whole time, the reason we know this was happening, there was actually a witness, a teenage girl in one of the apartments near there had watched it happen, and her brother, her older brother, actually called the police. Yeah. The police get there thinking that they're going to have plenty of time to catch him because it, it really just happened. The guy took taken off on foot. But the original description of the guy was wrong. They actually said originally it was a African-American man when it wasn't. Hmm. So when the police first get there, they're looking for somebody completely different. So they're saying that they may have actually found the guy because he would the whoever had done it would send a letter, uh, letter later to the police saying, hey, uh, you guys could have caught me if you're better at your jobs, pretty much. Yeah, I read that um, that was the case, that uh, there was a police officer responding to it and had seen a man walking away from the scene. And so he stopped him and talked to him. And apparently it was the guy who wrote this letter. But he talked to him and he said, you know, did you see anything strange, anything weird? And the guy said, yeah, I just saw this guy running past me and he went in that direction. You know what I mean? So and I, I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, he was the one who said he was a black man, and I think when they reported it, they reported it that he that they had seen a, a Caucasian male. I believe that was the original report, but because of this contact with the officer, he kind of pointed him in the wrong direction with the wrong information, and they just went with it anyway. That may have been it, but the reason that they know the guy who killed it was sending that same letter because in that letter he also included a piece of Paul Stein's bloody shirt. Yeah, I'd read that too that he torn off pieces of his shirt. So that's yeah, what he was doing over the body. Yeah, he was taking a piece of his shirt. Yep. All right, so that's the last officially connect that the police have. That was the last killing that the the police have officially connected with the Zodiac killer. Uh, there have been a bunch of others that maybe, but they're not officially mm -hmm. uh, Zodiac kills. Uh, let, let's talk about the letters real quick. 
Yeah. He would send letters all the time. He actually sent letters up until the late 70s. Uh, they don't know if all of them are from the same person because you're just not going to know that. So right. You're going to have copycats and all kinds of stuff. I'd seen uh, something recently where they said that, that a uh, forensic analyst, the handwriting, whatever, uh, was able to figure out that of I think there was 15 letters in total or something like that uh, that they thought were real. Um, but of them, they know five for sure are because she took the one that was decoded, deciphered, and um, just basically figured out like the, the cert- or no, what was it the first letter? I don't remember what it was she she found, but uh, the, oh no, it was the longest letter. There was one that he written that was like the longest letter, and she compared all of his his you know signature letters to all these other ones, and five for sure she could say they're all tied to that same big you know the longest letter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to these letters, you can find them online. They're all online. You can find them and you can read them. They're hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> They're hard to read because of the stuff that's not coded. He would spell words wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, badly. Like, I mean, it's really bad. He seemed like a really smart, intelligent person, but he, whoever was writing these would spell words wrong all the time. Every letter had had multiple misspelling words. Uh, I said before he actually asked for people to wear his buttons one time. <laughs> the letter, the letter to me, Chris, that really sent chills down my spine was this one that he sends, where he claims he's going to shoot the front tire of a school bus. Yeah. Oh man. And the reason to do that is when the kids come jumping off, or as he called them, when the little kitties—those were his words—when the little kitties would come hopping off the bus, he could just pick them off one by one. Can you imagine? That's just so brutal, man. So he says that, and it puts the whole city on lockdown, pretty much. Uh, the police were out. They had, they, I mean, there was a whole. There's even this letter is actually read uh, to the public by the police station. Yeah, on air. We have that yeah, on too. Air. Yeah. And that's creepy. It's it's beyond creepy. And th- nobody nobody ever did it. Like they never found no tires were ever shot out or any of that stuff. But the city was on edge for a long time, and the and the police would follow school buses all the time. They had rules the the bus drivers had to follow uh, from that point on just for the safety of the kids. I read that there was like thousands of volunteers that came out to help like uh, as crossing guards and to help guide the kids on and off the bus. Um, and something along the lines of single engine planes even would fly, you know, to, to kind of track along these bus routes to make sure these weird, no weird cars were following them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include this to this. There was a woman named Kathleen Johns. Did you hear about this one, Chris? No, uh-uh. She's with her infant child. She was driving down the road. She's on the highway. A car pulls up beside her, motions to her, her tire like something's wrong with her tire. So she pulls over, and the man pulls over too, and he gets out, and he's really friendly. And he's like, yeah, your tire looks really loose. I think your lug nut's just loose. So if you got like a something I can fix it with, I'll fix it for you. So he goes to fix it, and by fix, I'm using the word fix it in quotation marks. He doesn't fix it, and what ends up is he kidnaps her and her baby. And he's driving down the road, and she said the whole time that he's driving her, he's telling her that she's going to die. He's going to kill her. Yeah. And the second she gets a chance, he's apparently, the way it sounded, he was turning around a corner, and he had slowed down just enough. She bolts and jumps out of that vehicle with her baby and and runs and hides in, in a nearby field. He comes back with a flashlight looking for her, and the only reason that he apparently didn't find her was a car was coming by, and his and that car's lights shone on him, so he took off. Yep, I did actually hear about that one. That's that too is just crazy. 
So when she goes, so, to, so when she goes to the police, uh, she looks. You know, they got wanted posters, and that's obviously one of the big ones. Somebody, one of the uh, survivors, had actually given a description of the suspect, and she looked at that picture and goes, "That's the guy. That's the guy who did it." So, yeah. So in all these out. letters, if the Zodiac was was telling the truth in these letters, he claimed thirty seven victims. Yeah, because in, at the bottom of each of his letters, he would sign it the Zodiac, and then he would say, and then he'd put the symbol for Zodiac, and then you know, it, he'd run a tally. He'd say Zodiac three, uh, SFPD zero, you know, and then and every as as he kept saying how many people he killed, you would see the number grow, and then sometimes it would grow without him claiming any deaths. So you're wondering how many people did he really kill? Yeah, you don't really know. Like I said before, the police confirmed seven victims for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he claims up to 37. Yeah. He even in his later letters, he actually said he was going to stop writing letters and he's going to start killing more people, but he's going to make them look like accidents. He was going to build bombs. He's going to set off bombs and all I this s- kind of stuff. I saw those. You can see those letters online too, where he would draw actual diagrams of how yeah. bombs are, bombs are put together. And so they knew he knew things about bombs or at least was copying information on that. And they also showed like, um, cause in San Francisco, it's very hilly and very mountainous. And, and so there's, there's parts where he would show like uh, a diagram of a bus a- a- along the side of like this inclining hill. And then he'd show you where he was going to put the bomb discharges so that it would cause, uh, these fo- rocks to fall on the, on the buses and, and landslides to kill the kids. Yeah. So like I said, 37 victims is what he claims. Seven are what are, what are confirmed. And then the letters just stop. They just end. The police obviously really want to get this guy. Uh, he's making them look like idiots, pretty much. They feel like it's a, you know, you see plenty of these uh, these cop shows, and even in even in like Sherlock Holmes, where there's like one guy who's like their arch nemesis almost. <laughs> yeah, who's always ahead of them. The Moriarty. Moriarty. The Moriarty, almost. Yeah, and. <clears throat> And they felt like this was it. Like they, they said that the cops would say, that whoever gets this guy, the career's made. That kind of thing. Yeah, I did. And, but they were never able to do it. Now, when you guys are ready, we do have a couple suspects. Nice. I did read uh, real quick on those cops thing. I did read how each of those departments, all of a sudden, like all these detectives were kind of like didn't want to give up all the info they had because they wanted to be the one to break the case. And then at some point they realized, wait, this is hurting us. We're not catching them. We should work together. And there was like a task force that was formed with members from each of these police departments would meet up and, and share information and do their best to see what they could get. And then they would try to still crack the case, you know? Well, you know, you hear about it all the time. A lot of your uh, different police or whatever have like territories almost. Yeah. And like, if this happens in my territory, my jurisdiction, then I get it. That yeah. kind of thing. But this was getting to a point where they knew they had to work together, which is telling you something. Yeah, no kidding. He's a, uh, he's he's a literal comic book villain. This guy. He really is, honestly. Like they had to put together what, a task force to try to take him down. Well, he even wore a costume. <laughs> costume. He's sending yeah. him taunting letters like the Riddler would. You know what I mean? Yeah. He reminds me of like a Riddler Joker almost. Yeah. A, yeah. A combination like, of the three. Yeah, he just wants to see the world burn. I don't know what his because like I said, there was never any a lot of your serial killers, if if you dive into the reasons they would do things, it was like a lot of them to be I'm trying to be as classy as I can, 
that's the only way they the only way they felt they could get off. No, if yeah, they would kill somebody. You're right. There's people who had problems with you know their parents treated them a certain way, so they went nuts. Um, yeah, plain old, plain old, you know, just mental illness. But like for someone who, like you said, just wants to watch the world burn. Yeah, because there was never any sign he would never rob anybody uh-huh. except for taking a piece of that guy's shirt. And he would never. Uh, there was never any sort of signs of sexual abuse or anything like that. Nope. Just pretty much just the killing was the only thing he was getting the joy out of the actual taking of life. And I think he was also getting the joy out of the notoriety. There was there's some sort oh, yeah. of like grandiose self idealism for him. You don't ask people to wear a button of you if you don't if you're not full of yourself. Yeah, because he was he was annoyed that he could see you know black power pins and peace sign pins. He wanted to have one with his zodiac symbol on it, and he wanted to see people wearing them. Like, <laughs> good God, yeah. dude's insane. Now, Chris, during this time, you'd actually mentioned before, I think this is before we were recording, that uh, somebody had called into a news station yeah. or a news show yeah. claiming that his name was Sam, and they thought that was the, the guy. They thought that was a Zodiac killer. Yeah. Uh, I'd actually read later that they discovered that wasn't the same guy. It was somebody else. Right. That they was, uh... Because there are two people who have actually heard the Zodiac's voice when he called the police stations, and they both said that that didn't sound like him at all. Interesting. Okay, uh, now let's get into some suspects. Uh, I'm going to list one that I don't think it is, but just because of who the name is, it's going <laughs> to it's going to throw you for your loop. Did you know that one of the suspects was Ted Kaczynski? <laughs> no. Are you serious? No. I'm dead serious. It was considered a suspect for a short period of time. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not hear that. Obviously, wait a minute. 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 Now, you said. You said that the Zodiac said he would move on to other things. Yeah, he did say that. Okay, well, so what if it was Ted Kaczynski? It, it could have been. There's actually, a, there's actually a website. It's called the Zodiac. It's called ZodiacKiller.com. It's got all this information in it and links to all this stuff and, and sources and stuff. And Ted Kaczynski is one of the – and at least the reasons why they felt he could have been one. But even, even that site says they don't really think it was him. Wow. Uh, when you um, when you hear about suspects, there's one name that comes up the most. Yeah, I think I know who you're going to say. That name is Arthur Lee Allen. Uh huh. He uh, apparently he a lot of this comes from his friend. He had a buddy named uh, Don Cheney, and Cheney said that uh, Allen would call himself before he did this stuff would happen. He would call call himself Zodiac. He had a Zodiac watch. Uh, all these things that were happening, he kind of said he would do before he like he said that. It would be really fun to shoot out somebody's tire and act like, or I mean, or to act like somebody's tire was wrong and he would fix their tire, but he would just take them instead. But he would never do it to a man. He would only do that to a woman type huh. deal. Huh. And, the, and he talked about shooting school buses. He talked about making bombs and stuff. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Now, uh, so the police obviously looked at him many, many times, more than once. He was a suspect. I think uh, when they first time, the first time they went and see him, they went to see him. Uh, they said that he's really odd. He's 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 an odd person, and which there's you know there's nothing illegal about being odd. You can be odd all you want, <laughs> but which is good for me. <laughs> me too. But apparently they said like he would try to t- talk about other things, like uh, that he would tell him how to like recipes for things or <laughs> talk about a book he liked, this kind of stuff. Did you know you hear what the book was, right? 
I read it, but I already forgot what the book was. Yeah, there's a book that, and this is one of the reasons why they thought he was tied to it as well, because in the letter that the, that they deciphered that the uh, Zodiac sent that was, um, coded, um, it said something about how he loved to hunt man because it was the most dangerous prey. And the book, I think that's the name of the, the book or the, the, one of the things he, he loved reading was this book called the, the, the uh, danger, the world's dangerous prayer, the most dangerous prey, something like that. And it had to do with a guy that I think the, the name of the character even sounds like Zodiac. It's like Zodius or something like that. And yeah, it's a similar name. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy actually in the, in this, this book or story hunted people uh, using, you know, flashlights and or knives and, and guns and like, it just it's so many so much of it lined up to the whole zodiac thing that they that's why he was a, a strong strong candidate as a as a suspect. They really thought this was the guy. Yeah, he well, lived, He lived in a really small trailer. Yeah. Oh, like he's just even like worse. Home. Yeah, it's go. really small. Um if I'm not mistaken, they actually did find like uh, pieces that you could use to make a bomb. If I'm thinking right. Yeah. Cuz you know he had mentioned bombs before in his letters. So this guy's looking like, yeah, they think they have him, but they use the DNA on the letters. This is later on when DNA, they could actually use it. Mm-hmm. The, his DNA did not match the, the DNA on the letters. Right. And what's even worse, the reason that they couldn't do any more with this guy is the, the main, one of the main police officers or detectives gets a phone call and he says, Hey, and it's from another police officer says, Hey, is Arthur Lee Allen, uh, are you still looking at him as a suspect? And the guy goes, yeah, why? He goes, well, he's dead on the floor here. <laughs> yeah. He had apparently had a heart attack and died. Good God. And one of the first things they did was perform the the autopsy so that they could take pieces of his body to hold later for DNA evidence. Um, and like you said, Johnny, I think it was even more recent as 2006 or something like that where they, yeah. they, uh, they ended up finding other pieces of like that they took the stamps where they figured out these were the real letters coming from the zodiac and they took stamps from them because i guess they ended up finding a bunch of envelopes that they hadn't found that they hadn't had uh in the right locker or something for for this so they end up finding it's and and they're like oh these are from the zodiac hey it's 2006 let's check out the stamps see if there's dna on it Uh, there was partial dna on it but none of it matched um this guy at all yeah so all the dna stuff is saying that it's not him but everything else is kind of saying that it is. Even a couple of the survivors, the people who have survived, yeah. actually pointed him out in lineups and stuff. Which is which makes me think this. Makes me think that the person who originally started writing the police calling himself Zodiac and doing that could not have been doing some of the crimes. Because I, I f- almost feel like this guy is the guy that was doing these crimes. And that someone else was trying to take take the credit for it to make a, a name for themselves like the guy writing these zodiac letters was not a real killer that, that see i thought that too but then you got some of the letters like the one with the paul stein that included his shirt it kind of throws that off a little bit because uh, obviously the guy who had the shirt knew about either was there at the killing or was working with arthur lee allen you're right or or this arthur lee allen wanted to be like the zodiac so he was writing those other letters that you can't prove were the zodiac or not and he was doing you know crazy stuff himself trying to trying to make a name for himself as well i just feel like there's there's two things going on with this story it feels like there's two people working you know yeah the police you know like i said before the police said they confirmed these seven as zodiac killings but like you're saying, it's it's very possible that maybe they're not all one person. Yeah. 
And maybe even the person sending the letters is not the same person who's committing those crimes even. Specific crimes. Because I know a lot of those letters, not just with the shirt, but a lot of the letters knew details um, about the murders that were never made public. So unless it's like some really sick you know individual working within the police department you know what i mean that was sending out well also also if i'm thinking right you know he had written after he had stabbed those two people he'd written on that guy's door yeah and so the handwriting on that was very similar to some of the handwriting in the letters if i'm thinking right Hmm. and there was another way they kind of linked them together crazy yeah this, this one suspect ended up not being the guy yeah, there actually is a there's a couple documentaries on YouTube you can watch. One of them is about Arthur Lee Allen, mm-hmm. and it's it's a good it's very interesting and it puts up all the reasons why they think it it was him. But then there's another one. There was a recent episode of uh, was it Mystery Quest? Okay, it's either Mystery Quest or Cold Case Files is one of those two shows. Uh, they've both done an episode on a Zodiac killer, but I don't remember which one actually brought up another suspect who was a I'm blanking on the name, but he was a um, he was a journalist at the time, hmm. and they think that he was the one who may have done it. Uh, but the the issue is, even though he would call the police at that time, they did not actually re- keep uh, recordings of phone calls coming in. Right. So there's no actual uh, recording of this man's real voice. So you only have the people who have heard it, and now it's been so many years now. Yeah. You know, it's so I, from all points, this this guy got away with it. Oh, yeah. he. I think he did. Yeah. he's. I think he's got to be alive. He's, well, how old would he be right now? Because they said how he looked like he was in his 20s. Uh, I know they said he looked he was really stocky, kind of average looking. Uh-huh. He was a little overweight, but like he wasn't fat or anything. He was just looked like a stocky, normal person the way I understood the, the descriptions of him. And I thought it was like a. I felt he was like in his thirties or somewhere around in there, or maybe even a little older. Either way, he'd be really old now. If Good he was still Lord. Alive. Yeah. You're not kidding. Even in his seventies or eighties by now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's if he's still alive. I, I don't know. I would assume whoever had done it is, is long gone by now. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about your thoughts on what you think happened. Because like I said, my personal belief is I just feel like there's more than one person working at the, in, on this. When you, when you take it all in together, all the different letters, the murders, claiming the murders like so this guy and so who was the second victim these were the ones that um where they were the flashlight was shining in their face right okay so he shot these guys an hour later called the or, or a few hours later ended up calling the the police department to claim you know that he murdered these kids and then also claimed the murders from the one before the year before Yes. Was he able to give uh, information on those murders, or was he just claiming them to start off this thing that, hey, I'm this crazy monster, fear me? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if there's very much detail on it. All I know is that the whoever took the phone call said that he also claimed those. They didn't. I don't know if he said that they, he'd give information that only the killer would know, kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be interested so to find sure. out because if they're just going based on the fact that he claimed it, it's it's to me it just screams of weirdos or people that that 
aren't all there and they wanted to be known. And especially during those times, because like you said, the late sixties and seventies, man, so much of this stuff was sensationalized. It almost felt like the world was just on fire itself. You had the man. It's when the world was really changing too. It's changing the times for sure. The Mansons, you had civil rights movements, you had the the hippie thing going on. You had counterculture, you had uh, the drug movement, uh, you had, um, Jonestown, you had all of these crazy people. And so to start making your name uh, or or something like this happening and sensationalizing and becoming a big deal where it looked like a bad guy versus cops and, 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 you know, gripping an entire city or entire coast in fear because you didn't know what was going to happen next. Could you, you know, walk, walk home late at night? People in San Francisco and the surrounding areas like in Vallejo, those nights, those bars were dying off in the evening people there's no possible way people were walking around like it wasn't a problem when you knew someone at some point could come up and shoot you he had that whole area like in the palm of his hands pretty much exactly and so he, he fed had it all that. in fear he fed on that so there's a lot of people who would love to be a part of it so they maybe start writing their own letters claiming to be the same guy or saying that they're doing you know they're the ones that killed it so that's why for me it feels like so much of this case feels like there's more than one hand in the pot well to back up what you're saying chris this does happen a lot where people who had nothing to do with the crime will claim they did that crime oh yeah it happens all the time there's actually a really good documentary right now it's on netflix I w- i'm blanking on the name of it i just randomly found it and watched it and the gist of it is this man in uh another country claims that he was that country's worst serial killer ever like he claimed he killed so many people and he said he did this one he did that one he did this one they found out years later, I'm talking 30 years later, that he had nothing to do with any of them. He yeah. was just saying that he did them. And he had spent all this time in jail, even though he didn't do it. But he didn't care. Completely. He didn't care because there's something in him that needs that validation. And he got it. So he was happy. That's what made him happy was it was getting that recognition. Yeah. What do you think? Well, have, they, have they ever given any thought to maybe, I don't know, the thing about the DNA on the letters did he mail these letters in actual envelopes like they weren't hand-delivered to the newspaper or the police station? Right, no, he per, actually uh, mailed them. No, no, no. Like he actually sent them through the mail. Yeah, per my understanding. What if he just had somebody else lick the envelopes in the stands? <laughs> no, I'm well, that, serious. Like, what if no, 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 you're, in an you're office right, no. or something? You you're know? right, actually. Uh, I think one of his friends of Arthur Lee Allen claimed that he wanted that, him to like lick some of these letters or something. I'd heard that, too. But also, apparently what he would do is he would write these letters, and he would stick them in, and he put the address to where they were going to, but he would not put the address where it was coming from. So they would get caught at the at the post office. Yeah. yeah. That's how they catch them, because you know, if you don't have a, a return address, then they kind of hold them out. So that's where they would find them. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Never found. That's the thing. The, he, the dude got away with a crime. So for a while, and... and the cops don't want to say, "Hey, we can't find him." And and uh, oh, they you know. wanted him bad. They wanted him bad. Yeah, know? they did. I wonder how long it took for the city to start calming down again. Even though you know, anytime you heard of a murder, your first thought was, "Was it Zodiac?" You know, are we going to get a letter? Are we going to get a phone call? Is something going to happen where they're going to the, the guy's going to say, "This is the Zodiac speaker." You know what I mean? Well, you know, like in any of these uh, serial killers, you remember when we talked about the Jazz Man in New Orleans? Yeah. Yep. Like, he literally said that if you play jazz, I won't come into your house and kill you. So that night, 
New Orleans was nothing but jazz music going on. Yep. So you can put a whole city in fear and make them do what you want, pretty much. Which is, which again is is illustrated in, you know, references that we make, like the Joker or Riddler, because these guys are known for that. They want to watch the world burn, and that they just get off on the the watching people, you know, bend to their will. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. a it's a good case. The Zodiac Killer case is is interesting. Like you said, there's a website, the Zodiac Killer website. That's I think it's the most in-depth site you could find on the yes. net with all the information you want, all the pictures we talked about today, all the all the cases, clips, all that stuff. Uh, on our Facebook page, we'll put up pictures from the case as well, so that listeners can see what we were referencing here. If you've never seen it before, yeah, we should yeah. definitely link to this website because it sounds like there's some really interesting stuff on there. Now, Johnny, who was the other? You said there were a couple of suspects. Yeah, but we've only really covered this guy. What was there? Was there anybody else that really stood out in the mind oh. of the cops, or were they were they really kind of trying to? It almost sounds like they were. They felt like they had their man. You know, they felt they like were, they were pretty the positive. Guy. They were pretty positive. It was that Lee Allen guy. I mean, all the signs pointed to him except for the DNA. But there were other um, suspects. I'm actually trying to bring this list up now. If you give me a second. But it was. It's a short list, right? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of other other people where they had made all of these. Because see, the thing is, man, I don't care about this DNA evidence. This sounds like the guy. <laughs> the new, the new one I was just telling you about. His name, the he was uh, the uh, he worked for a newspaper or something like that. His name was yeah. Richard Gukowski or Gukowski or something like that. Uh, he's the newest one that they say they that might be it. Then you have Arthur Lee Allen. Then you got Rick Marshall, Lawrence Kane, See Michael the, O'Hare, the lawyer, Ted Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> There's a lawyer <laughs> named uh, Robert Tarbox, I guess. Yep. But the one that I'm really thinking it, it might be is this Richard guy because I was hearing stuff about him and it sounded, you know, like it could be. But the, uh, the newspaper you know, they don't I'm trying to figure. I'm looking through his little thing now. Yeah, I see that it says here it was on. You were right on mystery quest during the time of the murders. Uh, his name is Richard Gajkowski. Gajkowski worked for Good Times, a San Francisco counterculture newspaper. His appearance resembled the composite sketch and Nancy Slover, the Vallejo police dispatcher who was contacted by the Zodiac shortly after Blue Rock Springs attack, has identified a recording of Gajkowski's voice as the same, being the same as Zodiac's. Yeah. And here's something that's really interesting. Oh, this is the same guy we're talking about, this Richard guy. On March 13th, 1971, this is from ZodiacKiller.com. The Zodiac sent a letter to the Los Angeles Times. It was, co- it was coinciding closely with the mailing. Gukowski uh, was involuntarily committed to the Napa State Hospital after, and I, in quotation marks, going berserk. He was diagnosed with mental illness and began treatment at a hospital there, and the Zodiac didn't write again for almost three years. Oh wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess take it as you can. Um, and I, this is the part I love is where listeners can walk away from the show and think about what we talked about, and then start figuring it out for themselves and figuring out what they think happened. Um, yeah, me, I feel like it. I do feel like there was a lot of hands in this. I think the Arthur guy, the Arthur Lee guy, uh, Arthur Lee Allen, is that his name? Yeah. yeah, I think he's definitely had a big part in it. I think he had definitely was the guy that kidnapped, tried to kidnap the pregnant woman. 
Uh, he's the guy writing in the letters saying he was going to shoot at children. I, I think he just liked to be a part of this thing. Um, but this guy, Kowski guy, sounds like he may be a big part of it as well. I wonder if did they ever test the, uh, the DNA evidence against that guy? I thought they were going to, weren't they? I'm trying to remember. I actually watched that episode of Mystery Quest. I didn't it's see it. It's on that. YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I didn't see it. So we'll have to look that up and, and yeah. we'll give a, a, a further update later on. But Mystery Quest is a couple years old now. Yeah. So there might be even more stuff now if you just look it up. Interesting. This um this case, like I said earlier, is is well known. Um and it, it has always captured the imagination of a lot of the public because I think it's because it's number one, it's never been solved. Number two, it was a very, very public cat and mouse game. You know what I mean? Very high profile. Yeah, exactly. Um, so much so that, like I said earlier, it has permeated itself. It's it's embrained, it's, it branded itself in popular culture. I, I found a couple things out, and I, I thought it was just kind of cool. Did you guys know that um, the song Riders on the Storm by The Doors is loosely based on – a lot of the lyrics are, are referencing – um, the Zodiac Killer and and what it was like during that time. I don't know if you know the lyrics to the song, but um, I, I know the song. I'm trying to remember the lyrics. I yeah, it's like uh, let's see, it goes um, there's a killer on the road. There's a killer on the road. Yeah, yeah. Something about a toad, and then he goes, you know, take a long holiday or talks about killing your boyfriend and all this like crazy stuff. Um, and it's got that creepy sound anyway. Um. Apparently, there was a killer in the Dirty Harry movie that was very resembled much of the, the Zodiac case. He called himself Scorpio, and he sent intimidating letters and with uh, and talked about, or no, I guess he ends up kidnapping a school bus of children and threatening to kill them all. Um, yeah, all over, like you said, there was movies called the Zodiac Killer, which you know are references to the Zodiac Killer. Um, in the yeah, remember the movie Adam's Family Values. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. When they're at the summer camp and they're taught, they're doing, they're going they're, over the set of schizos and serial killer trading. They're cards. trading the cards. Yeah. Jack the Ripper and that Zodiac guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's such all, a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's actually all over the place. It's pretty cool. There's um, if you're a Guns N' Roses fan, their album The Spaghetti Incident, 1993, contains a code using the killer's symbols, uh, which has been deciphered as F them all. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's it's you find the Zodiac Killer stuff in almost every part of our popular culture, TV, movies, music. It's just it's just one of these cases that it's. There's sounds... a movie called The Poughkeepsie Tapes that's a lot based a lot of yeah. off it, the uh, Zodiac and uh, uh, Gacy. And I think like the case itself lends itself to this because it just feels like something that was just cooked up by a horror writer. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a movie, just listening to what really happened. So many of the elements are just like, wait, this is real life? You know what I mean? It really feels yeah. like that. It's crazy. It's And I think that's why it's it's one of these things well, that just fascinates people. Well, let me ask you guys it this. It fun to speculate, too. You know? yeah. yeah, let me ask you guys this. Do you think that this case would be as famous as it is if they had actually found who really did it and they confirmed that this was this guy who killed him and all this stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't or do you think, or do you think that it would have lost a lot of its luster if they had found the guy? Uh, no I, way, man! It would have been more if they'd have found the guy. Look at uh, you think so? and Gacy and uh, and Bundy. Yeah, man. But think Look about this, Carter. Guys. Say these if guys. those guys hadn't been caught, wouldn't those cases just be even more mysterious, even more like, wow, this, you know, what is going on? Well, this, I'm going to give you this example. I think the reason that some of those guys stand out is their personalities and such. 
but like you remember recently the BTK killer came out, mm-hmm. came back yeah. because he couldn't stand. He 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 would have got away with it. He was in the clear, but he couldn't help himself. And he started like, you know, making fun of the police again out of nowhere. And they were actually able to trace back through. I think he was sending stuff through the whatever church he was at computer. And they were able to trace it back to that, oddly enough. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't they catch him? Yeah, they call him. He They call him and everything. He's in, he's behind bars now. And uh, But the point is, like, they were all the interviews you see with him. He's really boring. <laughs> he's a really boring person. He's just boring. And I think if he had never come back, like that whole BTK thing, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. It's a chilling thing that he would do to people. Yeah. It's, you know, it's incredible chilling, but his personality and stuff is beyond boring. So to me, it kind of took away from it. No, I, <laughs> that's, that's, I agree. That's, that's exactly what I think. And I feel like if they'd have found the Zodiac killer, um, it wouldn't have that mystery behind it. It wouldn't be the Zodiac killer. It would be, you know, Rick Michael Smith or whatever you want to, you know, it would just be the name. It wouldn't even have the, 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 the mystique. And, and I hate using all these words that make it sound romantic. Well, but no, if, if, if it's okay, say they had caught him. Okay. And he, and, and the police say, we can for sure say he killed these seven people. Okay. But, but Zodiac over here says, no, 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 you're wrong. It's 37. We would spend the next 40 years trying to figure out where those 30 bodies are. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Everybody would. Because he doesn't have to say anything. They're already going to convict him of these, you know, seven murders over here. But I think you're, I think in another respect, if it's the way Johnny says, if it's just this little, this guy that's just like, meh, I did it, you know, that would, it would have, it would have to be somebody that is totally playing into it and it is very, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying that it wouldn't still be, still be. I, well, you, I wouldn't say it, was, it wouldn't be interesting still, and I'm using interesting as a <laughs> as a weird term there. But it's hard, right? It's hard to use words. Yeah, that, I feel I don't want to lift these people up because they shouldn't be. They were monsters, but right. you know, if like even if they had found, let's say it was, was this Arthur Lee Allen guy, and let's say that he was just a really boring person, that would not take away from what he'd already done, right? But I'm saying like like today, this happened 30 or 40 years ago. Would he still have the same? level of mystique about him if if they'd actually caught him because you know he builds and builds and builds it and it gets into our pop culture like chris was saying yeah I, I, st- I still gotta go with yeah i think he would interesting because what you're saying applies to other guys too Dahmer was boring as hell he just looked creepy and he had a creepy sounding voice too well that helps him a little bit but the was there voice. I think I think it's harder to say though because a lot of these guys that are caught now um, didn't go so far as to be as I don't know. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta keep arrogant. In mind, this was also the time when the newspapers started sensationalizing all this stuff. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like it just like Dahmer, uh, Gacy. These guys didn't really they weren't arrogant. They weren't trying to call the cops out, and make it very public. They just they weren't. They did their thing, and they were caught having done it so i think it's hard to say that you know those guys are known because it was it was a shock uh, out of nowhere look at this guy has a a farm full of bodies they were they were trying to get away with it they weren't trying to toy with the police well you're talking about you're talking about a case of ego yeah that's how would bundy react to women that spurned his advances you know because that was bundy's thing was he thought he was so slick that 
you know, he, he could he could get away with it that way. Nobody would ever suspect him. Right, but what, was, what was weird about the Zodiac's ego, though, is he obviously he had one. Yeah, but the, yeah, oh, the yeah, fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, he was able to just quit writing letters. Yeah. So that's my thing. But like, did, I, but but that but that's the thing. We don't know who he was. So did he quit writing letters, or did he just die? But I, maybe but, he died in a car accident. But I mean, maybe, maybe or he could have moved somewhere else and was just or, doing. Yeah, a, or he could have moved oh. somewhere else. Or, yeah, but to reference what you know, we're talking about, he claimed that he was going to start disguising uh, his murders in the future. Yeah, and that's so my maybe he did. But that's my point. That's why I'm saying, like, to try to say guys like Bundy or Gacy or that because they're still well known. Um, I don't feel like it, it. It works the same with Zodiac. I think if he came out, we found out who he was. All of these things, aside from the fact that he claims there's other bodies and it would drive people crazy trying to find those. Other, other than that, all those other things would lose the, for lack of a better term, mystique. You know, that then it's now it's gone because now it's this guy. It's not this this hulking figure in your, your the the you know the shadows of your horrific imagination that could come and get you so to, to what johnny was saying was if we knew who it was would it lose its mystique i feel like it would because the other guys weren't tr- they didn't try to build, make this a big deal Dahmer or these other guys didn't taunt the police and make it a spectacle this guy did so when if you pull the curtain back and all of a sudden you see you know the little old man controlling the machine it's like ah oh, that's it really yeah, yeah, I think it, I, yeah, yeah, I think it would really lose a lot of of what it was. I think it would it would not take away from the historical aspects of it, like no. the, its place in history or the horrificness of some of the things or the that horrificness of it. It would not take away from that at all. But the mystique of it, I feel, would be a little different now if we found out who it was. I, I mean, we would still we'd still have like biographies and stuff about the whoever it was, but you know, it'd be more matter of fact now instead of having that air of of like horror still that because the guy got away and at at some point between the 70s 80s and 90s there were there's still that idea that he could strike at any time and it could happen all over again yeah he could be walking the street right beside you (sighs) creepy that type of deal i don't know i don't know man i'll tell you what though after all that research i did on this i need to watch like some sort of cartoon or something (laughs) go watch aladdin bro yeah (laughs) (laughs) that'll make you feel much better yeah, I need, some, I need some sunshine or something. This was and a good, some Jaffa. Yeah, this was a good one, guys. So I guess we're going to do it, wrap it up here. A uh, good episode. And I I, uh, I think it was a success, our first segmented episode. It worked out well. Yeah, I, I liked it. Too. Johnny, it was a great presentation, man. Good job on the on the information and story tonight. Yeah, you did your research, man, for sure. I know, and I can barely read or write, so this was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you the Zodiac? No. <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, it's Ted Kaczynski, man. It's Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> now that's that's another. Uh, that's going to be interesting to, to really explore and see. Maybe yeah, listeners no out there. Right. I, I had no idea encourage, about that. Yeah, I highly encourage everybody to go to zodiackiller.com, and there's a list of. It says that one of the things you can click on just says suspects, and you click on that, and it brings you to another page. And his name's on there. And you can click on his name there, and it sends you to another page telling you the reasons why he was considered considered one. So interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, we're at the time of the night now where we uh, we basically start shutting down shop, and the way we do that is we tell you guys where to find us and our wares. Carter, take us away. Uh, my name is Carter Johnson. I am a horror author extraordinaire. Um, you can find my stuff on Amazon, uh, House on Dead Boy Lane, Meadowview Road, and Spider's Web, um, soon to be followed up with a two-book, well, a two-novel book, called Nightfall, uh, which should hopefully be out before the end of the year. It's about werewolves, so you guys nice. should check that out. 
Um, like and it. other than this podcast, that's pretty much it. Nice. Where you can find me. Nice, nice. I'm Chris Chavez. Along with this podcast, I do Back Issues comic book podcasts. You can find that one, this one, and a number of other shows on our network, BICBP-radio.com. Check it out. We've also got our History Creeps Facebook page. Feel free to interact with us on there. Send us information uh, that you pick up, maybe some suggestions on things you'd like us to look into, uh, whether it's current creeps or uh, History Creeps topics. Send us some info. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to get some other stuff up and going, and at some point I will uh, when I get some free time. So we'll have a we'll have an Instagram soon, we'll have a Twitter soon, we'll have an email address as well. Um, other than that, find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and uh, comment and rate. Johnny, take us out. Uh, yeah, my name is Johnny Townsend. You can find me on Instagram at Johnnyism28. I'm also an artist. I put my art and stuff on there. Uh, on top of this podcast, I also have another podcast on the same network. It's also on iTunes and Stitcher. It's called Retro Blist. Uh, we talk about your old school video games from your Nintendo up to your Dreamcast era. I'm talking like 80s to, to 2000 at the latest. And we have a special announcement. Uh, November 19th and 20th in Greensboro, North Carolina, they're having the Super Famicom. It's a convention that celebrates Nintendo. They're having all kinds of stuff there that's tournaments and and cosplay, and, and films, and screenings, and Artist Alley, just all things Nintendo, just celebrating Nintendo. And what's even more cool is Retro Bliss will be there live on a special live episode there on November 19th. So please come by and check it out. Uh, we would love to have you in the audience there. Awesome. All right, You can, go to, Super, you can go to superfamicon.com for your details and get your tickets and stuff through there. There you go. All righty. That was another good show. History Creeps, another one's in the bag. See you guys next time. See you guys later. Later.